You know how you can know the stew pot is fresh this week? It's because uh, we got that Vince Staples intro song and it just came out like a couple hours ago. This is the stew pot, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I'm Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. Chris, you like Vince Staples? I've heard of him. Uh, you should you should like Vince. Vince, Vince yeah, is dope. I, yeah, he's good. I don't know. We were just talking a little bit before this and I told you I have not listened to a lot of music lately. So yeah. I'm really, I admit that I'm slacking on that end. Hey, uh, we have a really good guest on the show this week. I'm super psyched about uh, David Price of the Boston Red Sox. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> David David Price is probably not on anybody's podcast this week. That's uh, one of the topics we're going to talk about this week. We do have a cool guest, though, uh, Jordan Adele, uh, draft prospect. MLB draft is coming up on Monday, and we talked to him a lot about um, what it's like to prep for the draft. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Chris, I think it's been a, a very odd week in baseball like it's it's like the news has been atypical it hasn't been the the normal sort of like week where you know you have oh the so-and-so's mad about the unwritten rules and the bench is cleared and you know oh, look at that Aaron Judge home run I mean I guess we did have some of that but it's been it's been a very strange week of news I feel like uh, I mean Scooter Jeanette hit four home runs in one game I think I think that's kind of the the main thing you can say, right, to say this, we're sort of living in like a strange week of baseball. Yeah, we had that. We had, I don't know that it's really connected to the unwritten rules thing, but we had two former players uh, come out and say a couple questionable things. So that's always fun. And, and they weren't goose gossage. So I guess right. that's kind of the surprising part, right? It wasn't, I guess it wasn't like, it was Mike Schmidt. Like, Mike Schmidt, you know, I don't know. I guess Mike Schmidt has a good rep, but. We've like had uh, John we've had we've had news break on Instagram. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would say it's been uh, unexpected. There's there's been a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of sentences I've put together this week where I've just been like, "Is this Mad Libs or is this for real?" Did this really happen? Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, David Price. We'll talk about um, oh, an interesting an interesting wrinkle in the Bryce Harper and, and Hunter Strickland fight. Uh, I've got a couple of important questions. All that's coming up on the show this week. Uh, but let's kick it to our interview with Jordan Adele, who, uh, if, if you're not familiar, and uh, probably going to get a lot more familiar with these guys in the next few days because the draft again is coming up Monday. Uh, one, one of the uh, one of the guys who's getting some hype heading into the draft. Uh, he's from he's from Louisville, um, high school guy, and uh, we talked to him about you know prepping for the draft. He's going, so we talked about everything from you know what it's like to, to head out there to. Uh, you know what he's what he's planning on wearing. Um, the idea of you know what's a good place to go is is it based on the situation or is it based on where you get picked and how much money you're getting? So there's a lot of different stuff we talked about. I think and uh, Chris, I, I mean, I know I learned some stuff. Yeah, I think uh, you know he 18 years old and I think he seemed like a, a pretty mature guy. He gave us a lot of great information. I feel like I learned a lot more about the draft and um, just the process involved. And obviously, you know. He he got me a little bit excited about what he's gonna wear, so that, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that. All right, here's our interview with Jordan Adele on the Stew Pod. Welcome back to the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports, everybody. Mike Oz and Chris Swick here today, joined by uh, MLB draft prospect Jordan Adele. Jordan, man, what's going on? 
What's going on, guys? Good to be on. Um, you know, I had a little busy uh, past couple of days, but here in the Ville for a couple more days before I head back out to uh, to New York for the draft. So I'm excited about it. I know, I know the draft is a few days away. I know you're going. But uh, also it's going to be a busy time because, like, you graduated high school and stuff yet? I did. So uh, two weeks ago I graduated. Okay, so you've had a little bit of time then to kind of come down off graduation and then, you know, go right back into the all the baseball stuff. No doubt. I've had some time to uh, let that sit in a little bit. Kind of a weird feeling. But, uh, yeah, I'm back to the normal, uh, normal part of the season for sure. So, uh, as Mike kind of said, you're going to be at the draft. Uh, you're one of four players going there. Uh, why was it important to you to to be there and, and be there in person, I guess? Well, for me, I, I, I had, uh, you know, seen some guys go in the past, and it was just an experience that I knew that I would want to have if I was given the opportunity. Um, you know, I'm confident in, in my skill sets and, and – um, and, 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 you know, the, the big thing is, is if you're given an opportunity to do something and go have the experience to tour, you know, the city and the, the major league ballparks and to do all that type of stuff, then, you know, that, that's something that, uh, that's something that I wasn't going to let pass by. I get the best of both worlds too. Um, you know, having, having family, um, they're having a party after actually the draft. So I can go and, and see those guys and, and spend time with them as well. So, I kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, yeah, you had kind of mentioned that you'd seen, you know, other players go in the past, or you've you've watched it. I know the the MLB draft; it's kind of a newer thing that that they're now putting it on TV, and it's become more of an event. So it, it's something that you you've clearly thought about and and dreamed of. It sounds like, right? Absolutely. You know, it'd be it's really going to be a cool experience to be on national television and. And uh, to get drafted here and then, get called and walk up. I mean, that's something that um, that that I'm going to be happy to experience, and and hopefully it continues to grow as the years go on. And then it, it's out in New Jersey. So have have you been out that way before? And wh- I guess what are you looking forward to if you have some downtime while you're there? Uh, for me, probably just walking around. Um, that's the, the the big thing I'm looking forward to is just walking through and and, and sightseeing, basically. Um, you know, I've been up that way before, um, uh, played a little bit up there, but, uh, not really, you know, had the time just to let it all soak in. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and then as far as, uh, your attire for the, uh, event, do you have any, do you know what you're wearing already? Are you going to be in a suit? Do you have anything more creative? I know, you know, some, some draft prospects, they go all out for this type of thing. Oh, absolutely. I definitely have my suit. My suit's been picked out for a long time. Uh, custom fit, fits great. Got the shoes to go with it, but it's, uh, it's going to be a surprise. I'm not going to give it right now, but, <laughs> but it, it looks good, though. Is it, is uh, it like, is it like going to prom again? I mean, are you, are you, uh, is it better than prom? It's better. It's better. <laughs> right? <laughs> do, do you pay attention to like, no, the mock drafts uh, and stuff? Like, do you know? Are you are you looking at it like these people think I'm going to go here? These people think I'm going to go there? Is that something you're you're paying attention to? Ah, uh, definitely not. Uh, I'm definitely not a big mock draft guy, just because um, all the teams are smart. Uh, they're not going to open their mouth to to anybody to give them any sort of information. So pretty much everything is behind closed doors, and I'm I've been well aware of that for a long time. Um, so you know what's online. 
people teams aren't going to put out what their what their plans are online. So I can't use that source to try to figure out where you know where I'm where I'm set to go. You know, if if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do, um, pe- do people tell you that? Yeah, people would be like, like, oh, I saw. I saw this mock draft that said you're going to go to this team or that team. Do people do that to you? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, definitely, definitely. When I was in school, uh, kids would come up and be like, you know, Joe, you're going to, you know, wherever, wherever. And <laughs> you know, I just like, yeah, guys, like that'd be great. And just move on with it. You just got to know that nobody's nobody's opening up, nobody's giving any information, so you can't use those to get get a, get a feel of, of actually where you're at. Well, so for for people like Mike and I, if we're looking up mock drafts, you know, we're not going to be fully informed. But what about what about you? I mean, how secretive is the process for you? Do you have an idea of what teams are looking at you, or are you just as in the dark as most of us? No, I have a pretty good feeling at uh, of who's interested and where we're at with different uh, with different teams. Um, obviously, that that information I'm not going to give out, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, obviously working through uh, my team guys and and hearing uh, and going to workouts and stuff and, and hearing what, what what has to be said there. That's that's the real information. Um, the stuff online, obviously, you know, you just you have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, and, and that's just that's just what it is. But yeah, you know, as we get closer, obviously, I mean, for the most part, I'm sure none of the teams really have locked in exactly what they're going to do. I mean, some of them maybe, but. I mean, this this thing works all the way up till the last day or two. So um, we'll see, though. We'll, we'll see what happens. The, the baseball draft is kind of funky compared to like the you know the NFL draft or the NBA draft, where the players immediately are playing the next year. So you know, in, in baseball, you see guys who you know you kind of forget about them by by the time they they end up in the big leagues. Like you have no idea where that guy was drafted, if he was a number one overall pick, or if he was you know, drafted in the 15th round, obviously you're going to go pretty high. Like, but do you care where, um, like, is it important that, oh, I'm a top 10 pick or, or is it more important? Like, Hey, I want to go to a team that, that I, that I feel good about or, or a team that, you know, I know is good at, has a good minor league system. Like what matters to you? Uh, that's a good one. Um, for me, it's definitely a mix between feel. I, I want to be in, a, in an organization where, you know, I'm their guy where they're, you know, extremely excited to have me. I'm not just another guy on the board. Um, that's, that's really always been the most important thing to me was to just know that I'm exactly who that team wanted. Um, that's a, that's a pretty, that'd be a pretty cool feeling. Uh, it always doesn't, that doesn't always happen that way. Um, but that would be, that would be huge to, to, to be like somebody's dude. Uh, the other thing is, you know, you want, you want to get your money. You want to, you know, obviously I have a family number. Uh, I want to be able to meet that uh, if I can. So uh, those are the two. But at the end of the day, everybody goes, gets on the same playing field again, and, and it starts all over. And you just have to continue to play and, and, uh, and work your way through, and, and, the, and the best rises to the top. Would you rather, like, would you rather be the, the number five pick on, a t- on an organization where you're kind of like, eh, I don't know, or like number 15 pick? On, a, on an organization that you're like, yeah, these guys are like, I'm buying into the vision or, you know, they really, they really, really want me. Probably the 15, you know, you, you want to be somewhere where they're all in for you. Yeah. Um, if, if a team's at 15 and they're like, yo, this is our guy and we're going to work him and we're going to get him 
where he's going to play for us and he's going to be our dude, that's exactly what you want. Um, you just you don't want to be just a discount. You know what I mean? You don't want to be just a, I can get him for this. Um, that's not what you want. You want to be you want to be the man, and 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 that's exactly what I want to be. So. Uh, so Jordan, on the uh, on the press release that Major League Baseball sent out, they have you listed as an outfielder. I was doing a little online research, and and I came across a thing that said you hit 96 off the mound. Now you can confirm that or deny that. I know online information can be questionable, so I'll let you handle that. But um, you know, have you given any thought to uh, to trying to do? trying to make it as like a two-way player or anything like that. I mean, I know we don't see that a lot now, but it, it seems like it's come up a little bit more the last couple years and months. People have kind of talked about that. Yeah, um, for me, I, I, I pitched pretty much my whole life. Ever ever since um, kid pitch started, I, I, I had thrown. always had a really good arm, um, had pretty good secondary stuff. Um, so I was, a, I was a two-way guy all the way through, just about until this last, year or two where I really just focused on the outfield part. But yeah, I have really, really good arm. Um, I, I've obviously pitched for a while and, and, and you know, I love outfield. I love to hit. I love to play the field more than anything. Um, so definitely, definitely outfield first for sure. If I have to get back on the mound, I, I, I'll get back on the mound eventually if I have to, but definitely, you know, with my athleticism and, and my ability to cover ground in the outfield, and power at the plate, uh, it's, it's that's a that's a really strong combination. So I don't think that I'll end up pitching at all anymore. But if I have to, I can definitely can get back on the mound. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. What? How hard can you throw off the mound? I can get mid 90s, probably about 96, probably 96, 97 for maybe one or two. All right, all right, that's what I saw. So I just. Wanted to hear from the source. Confirmed. Confirmed on the studio. <laughs> that's, on a really, that's, a, that's on a really good day. That's like, man, he's feeling it today. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So what's, the, what's the process like for you at this point? Like, Are you, are you just kind of waiting for the draft now, or are you like in constant communication with, with people, and, and are you still talking to teams, or is all that just in the past? No, I'm still talking to a couple of teams. Um uh, Got a handful of teams we're still discussing some stuff with. For me, it's it's kind of uh, kind of like I'm in chill mode a little bit, getting stuff ready, uh, getting the outfits and stuff picked out for New York. I'm kind of in relaxed mode at the same time, so it's kind of a weird situation where um, my phone keeps blowing up, getting information, but at the same time, I'm just trying to cool it at the same time. So it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, after this after this past week of of workouts, I've just been um, uh, spending time with the family. And uh, just waiting, waiting for New York. What What was the busiest time for you? Because I know there's a, there's a point where you're going to school, you know, playing baseball. You're probably going through some of the scouting, draft prep stuff. Like, what was the time where it was really all just coming down on you at once? Um, I'd probably say after the first two weeks of the season. After those first two weeks went by, um. We played a, we play, I think we played like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is uh, pretty rare for the scheduling for high school um, where I'm at. And uh, they were all home games. We had a bunch of guys in every day. I got time to workload at school, picked up a little bit. 
so that was a time when a lot of stuff was happening at once, but, you know, I just, I just remained focused on, um, uh, what I could control and, and I worked through it and, um, it was, it was fine. It ended up being not as bad as, uh, what it could have been. So, yeah, you know, a lot of teams would come in after the first couple of weeks, let you kind of get ready, kind of get some at bath under your belt before they'd show up and watch you play. But, um, and it got really busy. And sometimes it just, it wasn't as busy. And sometimes it was really, really, really busy. And, you know, it's kind of just, it kind of, it, it's not really, um, ever steady, I guess. It's always a bunch of stuff one day, not as much the next. Um, we, uh, uh, Jordan, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're still kind of talking with teams as the draft is getting closer. I mean, at this point, what what are those conversations like? Is it mainly, are you guys going over just like the smallest details at this point because you have so much familiarity with the teams or is it still generally pretty broad conversations? Uh, for me, it's it's been more of, I'm, I'm talking to um, higher-ups, just about just a more of a get to know you type of deal to, to see if if you're uh I guess the type of character that they're looking for. Obviously they've seen me play a a, a ton. But um that's kinda how it is from my perspective. Obviously from my advisors, um, where where they're at and what they're trying to do, obviously that that can be numbers and different type of stuff. But me directly with teams has been more open and more um just about who you are, I guess. All right, and we're going to do just some very quick answer, get to know you type questions. Um, you know, you don't got to go into any great detail. It's actually quite, you can just list off, list off whatever it is. So the first one, who are some of your favorite players growing up? Good one. Um, definitely Adam Jones was one, Curtis Granderson. Um, I love watching Jeter. Um, yeah, those are, those are my guys. Uh, what about any pregame rituals or superstitions before the game? Uh, I always have my uh, stretch strap. I have a green stretch strap I stretch my legs and stuff out with. I guess you can kind of call that a, a pregame ritual. Sure, yeah. But I always do that with me. You have a song you listen to before games to get you pumped up? I, uh, I I like to try to listen to a little DMX. There you go. Like, like, like Rough Riders Anthem or like, 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 like party up. Yeah. Okay. I try to, I try to get it going a little bit. So I mean, DMX I, is, is wild, man. <laughs> get you, get you pumped. <laughs> That's right up. Mike Sally. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the oh, one who really? likes hip hop. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, what about, uh, the last movie you saw? The last movie I saw, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a movie. No, what I mean, what about like, are there shows that you'll you'll binge watch and stuff? Or oh yeah, I get what you're saying. I I actually uh, a Prison Break. That's one of my that's my favorite. <laughs> like the new Prison Break or the old Prison Break? Because it just came back, right? The yeah, the old one. When I was, I actually took a time. Um, during the high school season, this high school season, sit down and watch them all. Um, I don't know how I got through it with the, with the schedule I had, but I did, and it was great. So I actually, I, I like the, the, I like the old one. I haven't seen the new one. How is it, Have you watched the new one? Is it good? Should I watch it? 
I haven't watched any of the new one. I'm waiting for it to come on. Uh, uh, I guess come on Netflix. I guess before I watch it, before I watch them all. But yeah. Uh, Jordan, are you a video game guy at all? Used to be, not so much anymore. All right, because I I I'm real curious about like you know if you were playing sports games and you know with the draft coming up, you have the potential to be in one of them soon. So that's always kind of an interesting thing for me if if we get guys on who like to play sports games and then suddenly they're in the game but uh what what did you play i mean were you a big did you play a lot of sports games or was it more like you know the usual uh you know mario all that other stuff when you were younger i was a i was a sports game guy i was uh i was a 2k guy and uh and the the show for sure those were my two um obviously i had a i had an xbox though before i had a a ps4 so i couldn't play the show that much now i got the ps the ps4 so i'm able to play a little bit if I wanted to, but no, not so much now. I mean, hey, maybe you'll change your mind when, when you see yourself in the game. You'll you'll have to go out and get All one. All right, I'm going to play with me. <laughs> exactly. What, what's, what's your favorite baseball movie of all time? Uh, definitely The Sandlot, for sure. No doubt about it. Sandlot no. Major League. They're, they're, they're close. What about... They're really close. What about uh, fast food? Do you have like a favorite burger place? In and Out is is my favorite. Yeah, it's a good answer. My favorite burger place. For you sure. say that though as someone who who lives in in Louisville, right? Like you guys you guys don't have that there, do you? <laughs> I know, right? That's a shame. Like, oh but yeah, when I first time I went to the West Coast, I loved like I loved In and Out. I was like I was like my it was like my favorite. I think everything was so reasonably priced too. I was like yes. It's a very regional, very regional question, which is why we ask it. Because some people are, you know, have have their favorites depending on where they're at in the country. Passionate, yeah. All right, this is the last one. Who who is the most famous person's number that you have in your phone? Ryan Braun. Oh, that's pretty good. Hey, it's not bad. That's not a good bad. One. Hey, uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us, Jordan. Hope the draft goes well for you. Hope the experience is everything you you've been dreaming about. And uh, good luck with everything, man. Thanks for the time. And can't wait to see that Thank suit. You. Oh, this suit this suit's real. This suit's real. Be ready. <laughs> All right, I look I look forward to it. All right, guys. Thank you. We're back on the Stew Pod. Thanks to Jordan Adele for joining us. Uh, be sure to see where he ends up Monday on the MLB draft on MLB Network. Uh, he's one of the four guys again who's going to be there, so um, I think I think it's interesting. Chris, uh, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about the David Price situation um, because I I think it's interesting, and I you know we've had him on the podcast before, probably one of my favorite episodes because he was super cool, and and now he's kind of reached this point where he's just like, you know, like gone almost Donald Trumpish in his hatred of the media, and. Is is it? Do you think this is his fault, or is this like Boston media just like chewing him up and spitting him out? I think. I mean, I feel like the fault lies with Price a little bit here. Uh, he's well within his right to to do this, according to Major League Baseball, but it's not generally accepted for a player to to shun the local media, and I think, you know, Boston. 
I, I think is notoriously known as, as one of the tougher markets. Uh, he played in Tampa Bay for so long, and so you know, people don't talk the same way about that media market than they do about Boston. So I get how it's more difficult, and you're maybe under a larger microscope, and your struggles are magnified to the nth degree, but I, I, that's part of the job. I mean, you, you see uh, every other player go out there and, and deal with the, the media every day. I mean, Pablo Sandoval, he has not had a particularly great run in Boston, um, but we've never seen anything like this from him. So I think, you know, you, it's just kind of something you got to suck up and deal with if you're David Price. I, I This is what I wonder, because, like, I wonder what changed. Um, like, is it is it like you're saying, is it the idea that the Boston media is just tougher to deal with than some of those cities? He was in, he was in Detroit, too. That's um, true. Uh, or... In Toronto, he's in Toronto, right? And and again, I think that's probably not none of those places are as bad as as Boston in terms of like, you know, having as many reporters and and kind of you know the accountability. I think that that Boston thrusts upon its athletes. But you know, like I said, we had him on the podcast before, and he was super cool. Um, I remember, and it was actually as as Facebook as Facebook memories reminded me. Uh, it was it was a, exactly a year to the day that he you know two days so the day he went off this year a year ago in San Francisco I remember that I um, I wasn't I wasn't looking to talk to him we actually did a baseball cards episode with him that we just never put out because the uh, the place we did it the audio quality was so bad like it just it didn't it didn't end up being good like he was great I think you know he was he was great and we sat there and. I remember waiting him out. Like he talked to every reporter. Like he sat there for like a half hour, talked to every single person. Uh, super kind. Like was not. It wasn't even stuff about him. Like I remember someone talked to him for like ten minutes about Sonny Gray and about Vanderbilt and about all this stuff. You know, like that wasn't related to him. And I mean, he was on the Red Sox at that point. It was you know June. So, um, like I I remember thinking like David Price is like one of the most like patient and and coolest dude to the media and then a year later i mean he's doing this right he's just like i'm not talking to anybody anymore so yeah one one time a week or whatever so what changed i mean is it was it was it that he wasn't good well yeah was I, that I, it? that's that would be the first thing that comes to mind it's it, it has to be performance related i would guess um last year you know he he had that high era all season he got it under four barely by the end of the year i think it was 399 and then i think you combine that with this year, him getting hurt and having to deal with all those questions during spring training. And now he's back. And even though he's back there, it, it still seems like uh, there's some skepticism. Maybe that's just the whole like Boston negativity, negativity thing, but it does seem like there's some skepticism about whether he's a hundred percent healthy. And I don't know, or maybe that's just me, but I've never gotten the sense that, that the Red Sox should really depend on him this year, just based on that elbow issue. So uh, maybe that's me. Maybe that's the maybe that's the media in Boston playing a, a role on how I'm influenced. But it, it certainly seems like that has has made a big impact on uh, on his feelings this year. Yeah, I could see it. I guess I'm going half and half on this one in terms of like I mean, I guess it's kind of his fault. Like he should just suck it up and, and deal with it. Um, but you know, I also imagine that it's hard to deal with some of that stuff when, you know, you really, if, if you, you know, if you're, and if you're him, you know, obviously very driven, 
um, we know from talking to him before, like really into the art of pitching and all that kind of stuff, like to, to have to, you know, kind of answer the same old stuff about his elbow and, you know, all that stuff over and over again. I could, I guess I could see why he would get frustrated. Um, so I'm going to put a small amount of it over there, but yeah, I guess I'll agree with you that, that he should just sort of deal with it. Well, I guess, you know, Major League Baseball is fortunate that he didn't get into a fight with any member of the media. Oh, oh smooth transition there, Chris. Or or, so, or yeah, maybe like or maybe it. they would have preferred it because they could have sold some memorabilia from that fight. Here's, here's, and, uh, here's, here's Evan Drellich's notepad. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I say that because they tried to do that with the uh, Hunter Strickland jersey from the day he brawled with Bryce Harper. Uh, it was up on the league's website you could bid on it and i'm pretty sure they advertise it as worn during the brawl with bryce harper uh the, they eventually backed off that although i think the bidding had gotten up to about what fifteen hundred dollars and then major league yeah. baseball someone someone there decided maybe we shouldn't profit off this and they took it down so naturally the the question is uh, should Major League Baseball be allowed to sell jerseys from a brawl? First of all, I want to correct myself. Evan Drellich is his name, not Evan Drellich. Uh, sorry, sorry, Evan. I like you. Um, I, I I want to go yes on this one. Like I I don't I don't see that it's a big deal that they're trying to sell the jersey. Um, first of all, uh, I I think that it's great memorabilia, right? Like. It's it's a they they sell everything from a game now. I mean they sell you know random ground outs to second base. Um, so it's not like they're just you know picking that one thing. Like oh here's this they had a fight. What can we sell from the fight? You know they they sell everything. Um, and I mean at least it's something cool. Like if I'm gonna own a piece of of baseball memorabilia, I'd rather have you know something that has a story to it, even if it's like a you know a fight story. Than just sort of like, oh, here's this, um, you know, this time uh, David Price walked a guy. This is this is ball four in the dirt. Like, come on, man, give me the fight jersey. Okay, I well, I I obviously disagree. <laughs> I think that it's weird that MLB is trying to profit off of a brawl, and I think the the problem I have with it mainly is that. It specifically says in the listing, ejected from the game after fighting with Bryce Harper. Now, this is the special Memorial Day jersey. So I guess my thought is people could probably figure that out in the first place. I don't feel like MLB needs to be just throwing that out there. But then my my other issue would be um, it, it just feels strange that they're trying to profit off something that's viewed around the game as a negative and that resulted in suspensions. If I, I could I could see a case where they were maybe donating the money to some type of charity or something like that, but do we do we know for sure it, that they're not? I guess you know, I tried to to briefly look into it before we talked and I couldn't find any evidence of that. If that is the case, I guess I, I'll withdraw my point. Um but the the league being able to profit off something that it ultimately views as a negative definitely rubs me the wrong way. I mean, I guess this is the thing, right? I get there's, so they're selling they're selling everything. I mean, you go on the website, there's all kinds of Memorial Day uniforms up for sale. Like I'm looking at the Astros right now, and they have a bunch of the Memorial Day 
camo uniforms up for up for bid. Um, you know, and if you want, like, if you want Jose Altuve's, it's going to cost you eight hundred bucks. Um, okay, but now wait. Let me ask you this though: Does it say, uh, you know, does it give you anything about his performance in the game? Like, hit two doubles and drove in four runs. Because that's the weird thing to me is that they put on the listing that this was the jersey he wore when he was ejected for fighting with Bryce Harper. Yeah, but I mean, didn't they? Didn't they? Did, did they do that with the Yadier Molina one when they, you know they were trying to sell the 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 ball that got stuck to it? This is such a chest I, protector. Yeah, I don't know, you know, but 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 that's almost. I mean, that's different to me too because that, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, it's, it's the same. It's it's the same bit of like kind of. Somewhat, somewhat infamous type of. Uh, type yeah, but of, there was no punishment for that. I think that's the difference to me, is that okay. the league handed out punishment here and so, then is trying to profit off it. So my point, I guess, what I'm what I'm saying here is, they 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 sell a bunch of stuff all the time anyway, and and let's also say that a lot of the stuff is on the website. They also sell a bunch of stuff at the stadium, right? So every game there's there's stuff for sale. Um, so they're selling all this different stuff from, from every game. And should they take the stuff that then is like, okay, Hunter Strickland's jersey, you got in a fight, so now we can't sell that because you got in a fight or, hey, we're going to sell everything. This, this is what happened to happen with this jersey or you know, that guy happened to do this in this game. Like, I don't have a problem with it, man. I, I just feel like if you're going to sell it, at least try and make it a little less obvious that you're trying to profit off Bryce Harper getting open hand slapped in the face. All right. I mean, that just seems weird, right? He he should be, you know, one of the few faces of baseball and, and Major League Baseball sitting here like, you know you want to bend this jersey that the guy wore when he slapped Bryce Harper in the face. I'm surprised Hunter Strickland didn't want to keep it. <laughs> well, that's a good – maybe he was the one bidding on it. <laughs> All right, this is, a, this is like a less jokey topic, but I think it has to be discussed because it's a – um, it's something we saw twice this week. Uh, not something I think anybody wants to see. But we had two baseball players uh, have their their not so wonderful sounding personal lives exposed on on Instagram. Uh, Derek Norris from his ex fiance, Addison Russell from his wife. Uh, MLB looking into both of them. Uh, both ended up involving a, a allegation of domestic abuse. In the Norris case, it came from his his ex fiance. In uh, Addison Russell's case, his his wife accused him of uh, cheating on her, and then one of her friends, one of her um, alleged—I mean, I don't know—we know for sure that's her friend. Um, you know, came on and and you know accused Addison Russell of um, physical abuse. And so this was my question on it, Chris, because obviously we, we can't we can't judge any of the situations. We can't judge. Uh, whether these things happen, I mean, I don't know unless you have some information, but I don't think that you do. Um, I do not. Rather, I think I think what's interesting about it is um, these are hardly the first two people in baseball to to you know have these issues, uh, which is you know sad to say. Uh, obviously, you know, abuse and, and adultery are two very different things. Um, I, I can say for certain that, that you know there are plenty of people in baseball who have cheated on their wives or their girlfriends. I mean, you know. Um, I think it was interesting that it got it got exposed in in this particular manner. I mean, Instagram, um, and and I what I got to wondering about was 
sort of two-pronged question here. Not really a question, maybe so much as a statement. Um, I thought about, like, in the past, pre-social media, what kind of avenue would there be for this kind of thing? Because, again, it, you know, it happened. I mean, obviously, again, adultery probably happened a lot more than, than abuse. Um, and two, do you think that the one was connected to the other in the sense that, um, you know, Derek, Derek Norris's ex-fiance, Kristen Eck, I believe her name is, uh, do you think her, you know, sort of coming out and, and doing that prompted then Melissa Russell sort of to be like, oh, yeah, I can, I can, you know, speak out about this too. Um, I don't know. You obviously don't have answered those, but it, but it was something that I thought about as sort of as I was, you know, trying to digest these topics. Right. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to avoid the, the question, but when, when we were discussing this before, you just had a really good point. And so I guess, um, I would rather you bring that up first because I don't want it to make it look like I'm stealing your idea, which I thought was, uh, was very well said or very well thought out. Well, I mean, that, that kind of was, that, I mean, that was kind of it, right? Like, like, do you think that, that there's, there's not really a, a way to do that if you're, if you're sort of a, a baseball wife or a baseball girlfriend? Um, I mean, I guess if you're somewhat famous, you can go to TMZ, you know, or something right. like that. But if you're just sort of, you know, one of the, one of the regular old people, I mean, pre, pre Instagram, pre Twitter, um, you know, you wouldn't really have any sort of any sort of way to speak out. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to dive into whether what we believe, you know, what, what's true, what's not true. Like I, we don't know, but, um, I, I, th I think it's, I think it's one, it's interesting that, um, they happen so quickly next to each other. Maybe that's right. not a coincidence, but, but I, I do also wonder if, you know, it was like, Oh, here's, here's a way that I can actually say something. I can have my voice be heard. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's something something I thought about because, again, um, obviously not the first time this has ever happened in baseball, but but it's and, and probably you know not in other sports either. I mean, you know, there there are certain you know things people people get exposed on on social media. I think more often in other sports than they do in baseball. Um, I don't know if that's just a matter of yeah something about baseball people or what, but um, I don't know. That's just kind of what I was thinking about today. Yeah, I I think. I mean, you make a good point bringing up just social media in general not being a thing. I don't know, as recently as seven-ish years ago, and I guess with a lot of these situations, I think from a general fan. I mean, I, I don't want to like generalize or stereotype the the average fan or anything like that, but for the most part. Uh, at least based on the comments we get on a lot of articles, you see people side with the athletes immediately. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, you know, you're, you're rooting for the athletes, not their family members. Um, but, but there's also in the past, the athlete has had the, um, the ability to, to get his side of the story out there. And so with social media, like Instagram or Twitter, uh, you're seeing more players, family members get followed, their wives get followed. Suddenly, there is a, a platform for them to at least express that much, which hasn't been the case in the past. Now, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's changed a lot of people's minds, and I don't really know whether that's a positive or negative. Um, I think, as as you kind of said, though, I, it is somewhat of an interesting aspect to this. At least, I, it shows how the it, 
I don't know. It shows how stories are, are being broken or reported or I don't even know if you want to call this a story, but like just the fact that allegations were thrown around on Instagram is just it's such a new and different thing to have to yeah, to navigate yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. It's just, it's a tough topic. I don't think either of us like talking about it, but it, but it's something that obviously dominated the news cycle for a little bit. Um, let's do something that's a little more, a little more fun because it's, because I like this topic and I think, uh, both of both of both either answer is great, right? But would you would you rather hit four homers in one game, like Scooter Jeanette, or would you rather throw a perfect game? Um, let's let's do a quick. I know that I know that Scooter Jeanette's the seventeenth guy to do that in baseball history. Um, I do, I don't know how many perfect games there are. Okay, here we go. 20, There's twenty three. Right? See, that's. It, that I, you've made my argument, by the way, because I feel like had you not looked it up, how many four home run games could you could you give me? Well, I mean, before this week, I, I probably would have been able to do like two, maybe. Yeah, two or three. I, I feel like I, perfect games are more memorable. People people remember those, and so in my mind, I would much rather throw a perfect game than hit four home runs in a game. Really? Yeah. I'm four home runs all the way. Felix Hernandez, Phil Umber. I even remember Phil Umber. Mark Burley. I mean, uh, I, I feel like the perfect game is more of a... Um, Koufax, Kershaw. Come on. No, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, obviously, great, great players have done it. Um, I, I guess I feel like it's, it's more of a um, like long-term effort, and, and the four homers in one game is kind of fluky, you know? But at the same time, like, I don't know. It's just cool. It's just cool to be like, I just dude, just keep hitting home runs, you know. Because I feel like with with pitching, you can kind of get into a little more of a rhythm, you know. You can kind of like it's it's you know it's it's your night. There's all these other things that can go into it. Where but like four homers in one game, I feel like every time you come up, you sort of have to um, it has to, has to go your way. I mean, I think perfect game is perfect game is probably a better baseball achievement. But I would rather hit four home runs in one game. Uh, not I, I just disagree. But but let me let me throw one wrench into into this that uh, I'm just gonna toss it out there on the spot and see what you think about it. Right. Do, what about like a 20 strikeout game or a record 21 strikeout game? Does that rate in the same category as either of these to you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think if you're talking if you're talking like really like you know. They're gonna be like the most, the the most famous perfect game of all time. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe well, I just like no. I just like maybe I just like homers more than you know more than strikeouts. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying it doesn't even have to be a perfect game. Just a twenty strikeout uh, game, uh, twenty one. I mean, you you then have the argument that you put up the the best pitching performance of all time. Yeah, yeah. In a single game, no, I don't. I feel like it's not doing it for you. And, and again, but I do, I do feel like the. The perfect game is a better individual performance than four homers in one game. Like I just would rather, you know, hit, hit four homers in one game. <laughs> um, I, it's sort of like I don't know. It's sort of like me saying, like, you know what, man? Like I really like a, I, re- I really want a good pizza. But I know, I know it's not the fanciest, best food someone can make. I know some some fancy chef could make me a better meal, but like I really want some pizza. I guess I'll just <laughs> it's that I'll you just, know like I I can recognize the perfect game is a better feat, but four homers in one game is just like yeah man four homers yeah in I'll, one game. 
I'll just fall back on my inner stat nerd and say it, it's more impressive to me su- to succeed in like a hundred pitches than it is in four at bats. Because I mean, both both involve a lot of luck, and so if we're really gonna gonna go that way, I guess you know one guy has four opportunities, the other guy has I don't know, well twenty seven, I guess. So that's why that's another reason I would lean perfect game. All right, I think you got a important question now that we've I do because the, I, the 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 non-serious part of the show. Yeah, I had the perfect intersection I think of my Twitter followers with this uh this Bachelor Canada story. So the next bachelor on the show, Bachelor Canada, is Hold on, uh, can I stop you a second and you have you have followers that watch the Bachelor? I'm honestly I'm shocked that you don't. I'm shocked that this is a surprise to you because I feel like a third of my feed is baseball, a third is The Bachelor, and then the other third is wrestling. Uh, okay, there's a lot of wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay, former uh, baseball pitcher Chris LaRue is the next Canadian Bachelor. Uh, he pitched for the Pirates, Yankees, and Marlins. Uh, you know, not not a very well-known player, or at least I didn't know him. Maybe you can recite his career stats to me. Heck, I didn't know uh, there was a... Bachelor Canada, so... Right. And, and, well, so that's the other part of it, right? I mean, it's Bachelor Canada. I I don't get W Network. I'm probably not going to watch it. If we had maybe a former player or maybe even a current player on The Bachelor here uh, in in the, the United States, I might be a little more interested. But I guess it would depend on the player. And so, of course, my important question would be, which player would you like to see on The Bachelor? So all the guys that, that I'd like to see on The Bachelor, I think, like most, are are, are married. And, and kind of recently. Like, I think Bryce Harper would be great, obviously. Um, I think I think Chris Bryant is probably the most, like, Bachelor-esque in sort of just his overall, like, you know, way. Like, he's you know, has the eyes, and he's handsome and tall, and he just got married, too. Um, so all, all the guys that I kind of think should be on there you know, um, already married. So I'm, I'm torn here between two guys, same team, Matt Harvey. You know, we know all the Matt Harvey. Oh guys, man, right? that's a so, good answer. So Matt Harvey would be great, but Noah Syndergaard would also, I think be, be great. Um, cause then if you do that, you can have Mr. Met sort of coming in and true, and, you know, doing some hijinks. Um, you could have one of the Bachelorettes show up in the Mr. Met costume. <laughs> well, I think I'm still going to go Matt Harvey. I think, Matt, Mrs. Harvey, Matt. I think I, Matt Harvey is the, I, the way to go. I think you have, you've bested me on my question because I don't know that I'm going to top Matt Harvey. Well, where, um, where are you and, and, well, see, I wasn't even thinking about the married thing. I was just thinking about my own entertainment. Mm-hmm. So now you have me frantically Googling if players are married or not. Oh, that's fine. I mean, you go, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I think from a... Uh, I mean, I think the the first way you went was like the, especially with Bryant, you were the dreamy athlete, and so yeah, I I would submit maybe a, a Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, he's uh he's a good looking dude, but if if we're gonna go for someone I just want to see, uh, personality wise, I don't I I don't know I feel like I feel like Josh Donaldson deserves some reality TV love, and he's he's got the crazy hair. Yeah, you know, and he seems like 
I don't. He just seems like uh, the type of dude who would do some some crazy stuff. So, I'd I'd like to see what what he would do on a reality show where you've got a bunch of people fighting for his love. Now, this guy's married, so I, I didn't consider him. I think he's married at least. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, if not, like I think he could actually be like he probably like the guy that they wanted to have. Um, for the Bachelor Canada, because I think he would just be fantastic. He needs a reality show somewhere doing something. Is Brett Lowry? Like Brett yeah. Lowry, Brett Lowry would would again kill it on another, Bachelor Canada. Another great answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it would be. If, for those of you who don't know about Brett Lowry, just go look at his Instagram account. Just see kind of the stuff that he does, and you'd be like, it, it, I mean, it would be brotastic Bachelor Canada. And, yeah, and you know he's he's from Canada, so that that works. Yeah, I mean, um, even if, like, he... But he's married. He, he could even be on The Bachelorette. He could just be one of the contestants there, and that would be awesome. <laughs> I, so either way. Yeah, I don't I think, know, man. I, I I feel like if any TV executives are listening, they're going to try and poach you now, because... This guy knows. This guy knows all the baseball players. I know. This is this has been uh, impressive. Brett, Brett Lowry, I think, needs... Like, he should just forego baseball, because he he's not playing baseball right now. He's a free agent. And just start, like become just make himself a reality tv empire because he is he is just a, a special human being if you if you watch him on instagram it's almost yeah saying. i got it i gotta give it up to you yeah, that yeah. i mean fantastic fantastic work all right here's my here's my important question for you and it's something right. we we asked our our uh our guest earlier are you ready for it sure who is the most famous person cell number you have in your cell phone? Oh man, uh, you guys would turn that back on you, did did you? You know, I'm now I'm I'm looking through my cell phone to make sure I still have this number in there. Besides, besides um, Jeff Hassan, you you will never guess my answer. I uh, I have Nick Nolte's cell phone number. Really, I do. Um, for a couple of weeks. Uh, back in God knows oh, what year. Oh, I know. Okay, I, I know. I I worked on uh, the HBO show Luck. I was a production assistant for like a month, and uh, I had to drive around Dustin Hoffman for a week. Did not get his number though. Had to communicate with him through his assistant. Um, but I had to pick up Nick Nolte one day, and he was not answering his door, and so I I got his number from someone working on the production so I could get a hold of him. Are, are we going? Are we going baseball or non-baseball? Well, I don't. I, have, mean, I don't have a Rod's number, so we'll we'll, st- we'll start there. I don't have a Rod's number. You you said most famous person. You didn't say most famous baseball person. So I think that that opens it up to whatever you want it to be. Because I, I mean I don't know I I have some baseball people in here. I mean it it might be it might honestly be David Ross at this point. <laughs> like, like as funny as that sounds, but you know, after after uh, Dancing with the Stars, like you know, that could be it. I'm, so I'm gonna go. That that'd be my baseball answer. Uh, my non-baseball answer, I think, just because it, it's funny, and I actually forgot about this until you said uh, Nick Nolte, and he's not as, as great as Nick Nolte, but uh, Corbin Burnson. Oh yeah, from Major League. Yeah, and, and that's other, probably why you have and, it too, and, right? Yeah, yeah, and other things, but um, yeah. I, think it's, I, I, I like that question. I think that's good. Yeah, that's a good question. And I and I will you say, me. Nolte, you surprised me with Nolte. 
Yeah, anyone who's desperate for Nick Nolte's number, uh, it's not in my phone as Nick Nolte, so good luck finding it. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I like it. I like what you did there. I'm still I'm still I, looking through seeing, like, is there anybody else I forgot? I know. Whose number I have? I will tell you, like, I so the I only drove Nick Nolte around for one day, and it was, like, an hour to and from set each way. He talked to me the entire time. He read me poetry. And he was a really nice guy, but he was just exceptionally talkative. I have a, I have a person in my in my cell phone who I I have no idea who this is, but it just says Roger Taco Stand. Okay. I mean that sounds pretty cool, right? That sounds like a, a person you might want to know. That that would be uh, after like a late night out. I would definitely call that guy to see <laughs> if he could hook me up with some two thirty in the morning tacos. Roger, Roger, what's up? <laughs> um, I don't know. You should try it. You should try it. <laughs> call him right now, Roger. Roger, I don't. I don't remember you at all. But uh, Just, what's what's happening, man? I don't know if we're set up for the impromptu uh, stupid phone call. We're, that that we're, might we're be a thing we do down the road. Maybe yeah, we're we're not. <laughs> all right. I think we've we've reached the end of this road for today. Chris, uh, tell the people what their duty is. Their duty is to rate and review us in iTunes. Um, pretty easy to do. You just have to search for StuPod in your uh, your iTunes search bar and give us five stars. Maybe leave us a review. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. We would very, very much. And uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, which is cool. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MikeOz and uh, Chris, Chris underscore Swick. Correct. And, uh, thank you guys for, for being here. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.